Christ, according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. When Jesus entered the temple, the chief priest and the elders of the people came to him as he was teaching and said, By what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? Jesus said to them, I will also ask you one question. If you tell me the answer, then I will also tell you what authority I do these things. Did the baptism of John come from heaven, or was it of human origin? And they argued with one another. If we say from heaven, he will say to us, Why then did you not believe him? But if we say of human origin, we are afraid of the crowd, for all regard John as a prophet. So they answered Jesus, We do not know. And he said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I'm doing these things. What do you think? A man had two sons. He went to the first and said, Son, go and work in the vineyard today. He answered, I will not. But later he changed his mind and went. The father went to the second and said the same. And he answered, I go, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did, did, uh, which of the two did the will of the father? They said, the first. Jesus said to them, Surely I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are going into the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes believed him. And even after you saw it, you did not change your minds and believe him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. In the name of our merciful, loving, and life-giving God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. You may be seated. You know, every once in a while, I am in need of a reality check. A clear assessment and a reminder of where I really am, not just in life, but most particularly in my faith journey. I need to know how I am effectively living out my faith through my behavior and my action. I need someone or something to help me make sure that I haven't forgotten my true mission and purpose in life. Today's gospel does exactly what I've just described. It's a reality check. An invitation to self-examination. The exchange that we have just heard between Jesus and the chief priests and elders is not a mere theological debate, but it is a mirror reflecting the state of their hearts. The leaders trapped by political consideration 
and fear of losing their standing, they evade Jesus' question. Their refusal to acknowledge John's authority exposes a deeper issue. These men, unfortunately, are more concerned with appearance than authenticity. They had forgotten about the vineyard. And if we could frame these words for the next few moments, don't forget the vineyard. Don't forget the vineyard. May I raise for you to consider that we are all called to go out and work in the vineyard. The vineyard is not merely a place. The vineyard is, my friends, not just these beautiful four walls. The vineyard is discerned opportunities to serve God and God's people. It is ministry. It is service to others with authenticity and intentionality. Be it formal or institutional or even through casual engagement in the context of daily social interactions, each one of us are presented with a vineyard in which we can work and serve God. Well, what is that work? The work is being living witnesses of the love and transformative power of God, not only in words, but in deeds. Yes, it is the lived out, real-time behavior. It is our attitude, our dispositions that we put forth every day that impacts those around us. As in the scriptures it is written, we are living epistles that are read of men daily. It's being the type of friend that others can rely on. It's walking with others in seasons of both joy and sorrow. It's being the best version of ourselves in such a way that it inspires everyone around us to try and do the same in Christ. Don't forget the vineyard. Secondly, I raise for your consideration that whether we have not yet responded to God's call to work in our vineyards, or perhaps we're working, but it's not to the full depth of our true potential and capacity, my friends, there is still time and space to do exactly what the first son did and change our mind and go to work. We do not know what caused the first son to change his mind. Neither does the text depict the son returning to discuss this particular change with his father. All we see is that he changed his mind and he went. That's all the text gives us. And my friends, it's in that simplicity lies a beautiful truth for us to consider today. That truth is that the evidence of a changed mind, the authentic fruit of a changed heart, a repentive spirit, a renewed mind, is the action that immediately follows, not a declaration.
not shouting from the rooftops that this is what I am going to do. We know that the son changed his mind simply because he went. He went to the vineyard and began to work. Likewise, we too know that our minds, hearts, lives, and outlook have been changed because we get up and we go to work. And when we work, the people around us will be impacted because they see Christ in us and through us. Oh, my friends, don't forget the vineyard. Lastly, there is a danger in us becoming so focused on the vineyards of others that we cannot see the lack of fruitfulness in our own vineyard. The chief priests and elders were so consumed, fixated even, with what Jesus was doing. Jesus' work in his vineyard was a blatant and unsettling reminder that perhaps they were not at work in their vineyard. Their questioning of his authority was not so much about understanding as it really was an attempt to undermine him. Subsequently, Jesus points out to them that in spite of their religious adherence and status, those members of society who were deemed the most notorious of sinners had received the message of love and repentance and they responded with a transformed life. My sisters and brothers, our fruitfulness and our fidelity to the vineyard that God has given to us requires not only our full attention, but it requires us to embrace a posture of humility and grace, a posture that does not judge, one that does not marginalize or exclude based on what we think we see in others. It's a posture of love. So today, I honestly do believe that God is inviting us, all of us, to evaluate the alignment of our actions with our professed faith. Are we a community that merely speaks of love, compassion, and service? Or do our lives manifest these virtues in tangible ways? Are we serving and ministering authentically and intentionally? My friends, let us remember that our faith is not just a verbal affirmation, but it is a life transforming journey of obedience and love. It is often said that we as Episcopalians, we believe what we pray and we pray what we believe. Alas, the question now comes, do we live out what we believe? And do we exemplify the fact that we do pray? My friends, don't forget the vineyard. And now as we prepare to come to this, the Lord's table, and receive the spiritual food that will strengthen us and navigate our spiritual vineyard, let's emulate 
the repentive son, recognizing our shortcomings and embracing God's grace, may we not fall into the trap of empty religiosity, echoing the words of the second son without the corresponding deeds. Instead, let our lives be a harmonious melody of faith and action, a testament to the transformative power of God's love. My friends, my brothers and sisters in the Lord, don't forget the vineyard. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.